You're listening to Flourish Weekly with Pastor Jen. We know you'll be encouraged by today's talk. Hey y'all, welcome back to Flourish Weekly. I'm so excited to be here this week with my husband, Pastor Matt Senna. He's joining me this week and we are going to talk to singles, um, but we also want to talk to um, married couples. So if you're out there and you're not single, I want you to still listen. Um, I feel like it's going to encourage you and it's going to also speak to you about um, how to love your spouse, how to honor your spouse, um, and just really how to have fun and enjoy marriage. And that marriage is not a... um, it's not something to be frustrated with. It's not something to feel stuck in. Yeah. It's something that God has given us as a gift to enjoy. And I feel like in society, we're either being told marriage is a pain, marriage, like every sitcom, every comedy, everything you see on television, it's like marriage is such a drag, or we're being told that um, you're weak if you are holding out for the right one, or if you're if you want to be married, then you're not independent enough. And that's just not the way. That's not God's word. That's not what God teaches. That's right. God has given us marriage as a gift um, to come into partnership with the person that He has sent to us, so that we can strengthen each other. Iron sharpens iron, yep. and we can grow and be better. Mm-hmm. And so, if you are listening and you're single, this one is definitely for you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But if you're married, I want you to also keep listening, and um, I think we're going to have a good conversation. Let's just start with prayer. Father, I love you, and I thank you, God, for this opportunity. Thank you for my husband, who has such wisdom and strength and joy, and who's such a, a fun part of my life and such a strong pillar in my life. Father, I pray that we would just communicate well what you have given us, what you have taught us, what you've shown us, what we have learned the hard way and what we've also learned from mentors and coaches and people in our lives. We just love you and we honor you. We ask you to speak directly Mm -hmm. to the people that are out there listening today. Encourage their hearts, strengthen them, give them a fresh vision and Mm -hmm. fresh hope for marriage and for their future. Lord, we love you and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for being here, babe. Thank you. Thanks for having me. She had to talk me into it. (laughs) I was like, I'll see you in there in 20 minutes. (laughs) Like, you don't have a choice. No, I'm nervous. It's just because he, I feel like you have so much to offer. You have so much to say. You have so much to encourage singles. Um, Let's just start start out by telling your story. You waited until you were 30 to get married. Mm -hmm. And so there's people out there who are still single. Who we Okay, first of all, let's establish. We have people that are listening who... Um, are still single in their late 20s and even in their 30s who have never been married. We've Mm -hmm. got young singles that are listening. But we also have people who are divorced and who have been married before or maybe are single moms and single dads. Um, We have a lot of different singles in different stages of life that are listening. And so we want to encourage them in their season, no matter what the season is, that God hasn't forgotten them. You know, that there's hope that there's, um, I, I feel like wisdom brings great hope. Yeah. Wisdom has always brought great hope to me. I, I was born naturally foolish and that's why I love Proverbs. I'm really into Proverbs and the teachings of Solomon, but the teaching of scripture and Jesus, remember with Jesus comes great wisdom and great hope. So divorced, starting over, whatever your situation is, never been married and you're, you're raising kids all alone. Hey, there's great hope for you. You have a wonderful, bright future ahead. Yeah. So Take the time to listen and learn from God in his word. And hopefully we can help with that today. And I was also, um, I've been reading a lot in Joseph lately, uh, the story of Joseph. I don't know why, but this last few months, God's really had me meditating and reading that story. And one of the things that I, I, what you just said really reminded me of this. One of the things that I've 
really gotten out of that story is to kind of shift our perspective on the preparation season. So, and shifting your perspective on this seemingly lonely season and not seeing it as something to hate, but to see it as something that even in the cistern or even how you say it, cistern. I can't say that word, cistern. Oh, the cistern. Cistern. I've never been able to say that word. I thought you meant sisterhood. No, (laughs) even when he was in the pit, even when he was in the prison, even when he was in Potiphar's house, I feel like God wants us to shift our focus on that and not hate it, but recognize that his hand, God's hand of favor was on Joseph, even in those seasons. Yeah. Like God's hand was on him to protect him, to promote him, to provide for him. And if, if we're in this season of loneliness and singlehood, it is hard. It, it's not easy and it's lonely and you have to make some tough choices, but it's, it, God's hand of favor is still on you in yeah. that season and he can Definitely. provide for you financially and, and promotions and friendships. And there's so many rich things, travel opportunities. There's so much good that God can do in that season of singlehood. So talk to us about your season of singlehood. You stayed single till you were 30. Did you have moments where it felt hopeless? I personally, I always had great hope for my wife, but there were seasons I felt lonely I mean, there were, you're you're just all alone in your apartment or your house. And you say, man, I hope it's not always going to be this way, but there were some positive sides. Like you said, I was able to travel, Mm. but even in traveling, I was looking forward to, man, I'm going to do this one day with my wife. We're going to be alone in a room talking and laughing. And I've shared some of those things with you. We're going to be in Africa one day in the dark, laughing at my corny jokes. Yeah. And then we were. And we did it. Yeah. It was, it was prophetic, but uh, be grateful for your season of singleness. Um, there are advantages. Uh, you get to make decisions all by yourself, but then even that gets old. Mm-hmm. So be ready, be grateful for this season, but be grateful and looking forward to the next season. I've, I've always learned that you can be grateful for something that hasn't even arrived yet. Mm-hmm. That's why you hear preachers say, we thank you, Lord, in advance. Yeah. Well, you thank God in advance. I used to thank God. I'd be praying all alone in my apartment and say, Lord, thank you for my wife. I can't wait to be with her. But I'm going to enjoy this time and make it the best I can. So you always had hope for your wife that was coming one day and didn't struggle so much with loneliness. And I think part of that was your personality because you are very much an extrovert, sanguine, life of the party. You always were doing things and getting out. And so I want to encourage singles right now, um, maybe with a more introverted personality. Because I was more introverted and I was also... um, I've just always been a little more like, I, I, I don't, it's more selective. I like, I don't want to just go do something just to be doing it. Well, you were wiser that way. Well, I, I don't, it may be wisdom, but maybe it was just my personality. Like if I'm going to go be around people, I want it to be safe. You know, like I had that personality that didn't just want to go be around just anyone. I wanted it to be a safe, fun environment. Yeah. So when I say safe, I mean like where I was confident enough to be myself and relax. And people not giving you a hard time. Yeah. And I feel like the outgoing personalities, maybe you'll just go be around people because you're, (laughs) you're just comfortable and confident everywhere. And so, um, I want to speak to, I mean, when I was waiting, I was 24 when I got married and I did go through a season of loneliness and, um, but in that season of loneliness, I learned so much. Like I learned about myself. I learned what I wanted and what I didn't want, what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, And then it made it even sweeter when I did finally start dating. And well, you guys have heard our story. We didn't really date, but when we, (laughs) when we got engaged and when I had you, it made it that much sweeter because I want to speak to introverts now. 
as an introvert, it's not that we don't like people. It's just that we do really well one-on-one or in smaller groups. You're supremely gifted one-on-one, I think, as an introvert. So then suddenly I had my life partner. I had my one person all the time who was like, <laughs> you know, the person I could talk to or, or talk something through with or make a decision with or just be with for the small things, go to the grocery store yeah. with. Suddenly I had my partner. And I think out there, I think there's a lot of people who long for just that. It's not that they're longing for anything profound. They just want someone to do life with someone. Mm -hmm. If they're single with children, they want someone to raise their child with someone to pay bills with someone to, you know, there's security, there's safety, there's friendship. Um, somebody said this, I don't know where you read it, baby. We hadn't been married long. And you said, someone said, I get to have sleepovers every night now with my best friend. Yeah. So we fall asleep and talk. Um, we read in the bed next to each other. We watch stuff together. We go on walks. It's just to me, it's the best life. I wish I could have gotten married earlier in life, but... I was too young. I, I couldn't <laughs> have married you when you... to grow up. <laughs> I, we've made jokes about that over the years, but I really... I, that's the only thing I regret about meeting my wife is I wish I could have done it younger, but she's some, some years younger than me, and this was all in God's plan, and it worked out great. And even for maturity, I needed to be a little more mature for her, yeah. I think, one day, based on my personality. Okay, so that's so we've given them, you know, hope in the loneliness to know that it's going to be worth the wait. For it me, is. it's a it's a big thing of like, it was worth it to me to hold out for someone who could be a true who could handle being a life partner, like exactly someone because life is not life is ugly at times. Life is beautiful and wonderful and incredible, but life gets tough sometimes. And you're going to go through things and you need someone who can come alongside of you and be strong. Like for me, I would say my biggest advice to someone who's single, that's looking for a spouse, looking for a husband Mm -hmm. is look for someone who can stand next to you and get through life's trials with you, with your honor and your character intact Yes, without, you know, becoming bitter, someone who's quick to forgive, someone who's quick to apologize, someone who's willing to work through and communicate and dig through those hard times together and not bail on you when it's hard. I need someone who's strong. And I remember uh, my mom telling my mom and dad telling me when I was young, like one thing you need to look for in a husband is someone who's stronger than you, because I've always kind of had this like felt covered brick about me. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty tough. And so my parents have always told me, find someone who's strong. Well, I thought that meant strength in personality, but really I needed someone who, I mean, these last few years and everything I've been through with panic attacks and anxiety and depression and everything, you held me through that season. You carried me. There were oh. days that you literally carried me through the day. And so it's worth it to hold out and wait for someone who can stand with you and be your life partner. You've used the word for me over over the years. You've called me stable. Yeah. You said there's a stability in you. Someone who's not given to change. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a red flag in dating is if this Ugh. person is different today than they were yesterday, or you just don't know what you're going to get or what you're going to expect, or man, their, their moods just change one day. They're one day they're charming. The next day they don't talk to you. That's a big red flag, yeah, right? Don't, don't rush into that. Don't rush into that. Um, I want to speak to what you said before. That's that. That was something that really drew me to you was your tenacity is you were your ability to hold on the, the positive side of bulldog faith. We call it Yeah, is you would just hold on. And I, I think I knew deep down, even though I'm not very introspective, I knew I wasn't at a hundred percent. I knew I wasn't as good as I could be when we got married. Well, I don't think anyone is. <sighs> I think, I, and that's God was really working hold on that me. Thought. I really want you to go back to that, but I want to interject. Please. I don't think we're all 
that's the thing about dating. You can't look for someone who's perfect because none of us are there. None of, none of us have arrived. But you look for someone who's striving to grow and to change and to be humble mm-hmm. enough to apologize and humble enough to communicate, humble enough to change and admit when they're wrong. That's, That's another right. big red flag. If someone doesn't admit that they're wrong ever, run for the hills. That run is for it. your life. Yeah. So you said you know that you weren't perfect or that you hadn't arrived. N- none of us have, but find someone that makes... I was better when I was with you. And I was better when I was with you. Yeah. So keep going with what you were saying. I apologize. I interrupted you. Well, this goes along with what you were saying just now. We keep playing off each other, but... They may not have all the boxes checked, but mm. they want to check all the boxes. Yeah, that's good. That was always me. I can speak for myself. Is I didn't have I had a lot of the boxes you needed checked, but there were some things I knew that I could be and I was called to be and I just wasn't there yet. Mm. God was working on me. Yeah. Um I'd made some poor choices um when I was single and uh but we, we can get into that later. But I also made some good choices in waiting for you. And I noticed that you were tenacious. And I got to say that again. You were ready to hold on. And you have your own version of stability. You were very stable. You would hold on. And I knew we got into all this because I said, I knew I wasn't at 100%, but I knew you would stand with me hmm. to help me to be yeah. better. I knew, you'd stand, I knew you wouldn't give did. up on me. You, and in the first four years of our marriage... You helped me through some healing that I still needed from a past broken relationship. And as much as we want, I remember being single and thinking, I want all my baggage taken care of before I get married. That's I want ideal. It all That'd fixed. be great. And I did. Like I did everything I knew to do to get healed, to, you know, I, I was seeking God. I was doing my best. But there's a certain amount of healing that will come through your husband or your wife. And I remember my first, our first, especially our first couple of years of marriage, God used you to heal a lot in me that was broken from a past mm. terrible relationship. And ironically, into our fourth year of marriage, that's when God started using you to heal me. There was some stuff that started showing up. Yeah. Four years in, we knew we needed to deal with, and God started to heal me. And um, I got to say this, your your tenacity was tied into... Also, we had a lot of the same values. We had a similar background and similar upbringing. And I just wanted to interject that real quick. I know so this is good. No, this is great. So you're um, talking about different characteristics. So I want to dig into that as you do it. Um, okay, so people who are single, they have their list, right? They have their mental list of things that they look for, right? We Did you? I did. I had a list. No, we did. Um, I mean, not like I'm not saying you have like your your grocery list, but you have something in your mind that you're looking for. People have their physical traits they're looking for, which you had yours and I had mine, and neither of us look like our physical traits that we wanted. Although not, you're not the, all of them. But you have you're the most beautiful man I've ever seen. Oh baby, you, <laughs> you are a your, lovely doll child. You and your bald head, I love it. <laughs> um, but we have our physical traits that we want, and then we have certain things that we say, "Oh, I want them to have this kind of job, or I want them to have this kind of personality, or whatever." So I want to ask you: after 16 years of a good marriage, what are some characteristics that really matter now that you're married? That you think, okay, singles, this is what you should be looking for. Okay, let me say that again because I probably interjected it a while ago at the wrong time. Same values. Same values. You, okay, so when you say same values, what what do you mean by that? Well, the simplicity of it is: Do you both believe in Jesus? What's important is family important. Are you are they not close to their family at all? Now God can work through some of these things. Sure. Really, 
He can. And you can work through these things. You love each other. You feel like you need to be together and you're called to be together. Same but, values. But of, let me throw something in ahead. there about family. So, for example, your families don't have to be exactly the same. No. Your families. Now, ours had a lot of the same. We have a lot of the same background. So we have a lot of commonality in that. You do need something that brings common ground, right? You can't just be two, yes. like from two different, totally different planets. But in my mind, it's like, okay, are they family oriented? So yes. That's Even important. though their families may be different, one of you may be like ex- having expectations of being around family a lot and being there for Sunday brunches or family vacations or being with family. And the other one may be like, no way, no how. Once I get married, I am on my own and building my own life. And you need to determine that yeah. before be- before you go into that, that relationship. And I, I think some of that came together because you were working at the church. You were close, close friends with my baby sister. You were always at my parents' house. Um, you loved them. I saw how you treated them. I saw how you honored your parents. And, and that ties into something else um, I really want to check off today is honoring authority. Wow. I knew you were going to be a great wife because you honored authority. Okay. So hold on. So one of the things you're bringing up that you liked about me at 24 was that I honored authority. Or so 20 when, you, when is, I met you. That's a strong statement. So what, what does honoring authority mean? And then how does that translate into me being a good wife? Like, how does that, how does that, because I feel like singles are not thinking about something like that. No. And that's a heavy statement that you just made. So, so honoring authority. I saw the way you responded to my parents in the good times and the tough times, even if you were being corrected about something. People... They fly off the deep end when they get corrected about simple things. Hmm. And you happen to be right in the mix of everything. You were part of the family. You were working at the church. You were working in the ministry. You were helping us with Bible studies back then. You were doing every, You were just part of everything. You were just part of the ministry team. And I saw how you responded to authority even when you disagreed. Hmm. And I remember thinking, man, she's going to see me as head of the home. Hmm. So the way she treats my parents and her yeah. parents, that's going to relate to how she treats me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not a totalitarian, I'm not domineering, and I'm not controlling, no. but I knew that I, as a man, I needed to be honored and respected. All men need that. Right, sure. And, and you treat One of the greatest needs that men have, but we're not doing a marriage podcast, so... We are not, <laughs> but... I, you I honor- almost went into it when you said that. I almost dove in. I'm like, wait. Thanks for helping breaks, me. Jin Thanks Jin. for helping me. Well, honoring authority, I knew that you were going to be able to... We were going to be able to treat each other with respect, mutual respect. And one last thing. You had a good relationship with both your parents, and yeah. so did I. Not everybody's going to have that, but I knew that was going to translate into a lot less trouble for us. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're a big no. You got to hear from God, but you can walk through anything and get healed through anything. But that was something that I really noticed. And I think honor, when you said that about honor and honoring authority, it also goes back to just honor in general. Yes. Honor for yourself. Like I'm going to talk for a second out there to women who are single and let, let's just say you are maybe a single mom or you're divorced. And for you, one of the biggest strains is your, the financial pressure. It's not easy to, to raise children on one salary. It's not easy to, or even for single men, it's not easy to do that. And so some of I, in the women that I've talked to and the women that I've helped, some of the pressure is the financial pressure. And so here you are waiting for a good man, um, and instead of a good man, someone comes along who just has a good job and who makes good money and he's, 
you know, like you said earlier, he's nice enough, right? Nice enough, but he might be a jerk. Yeah, but he doesn't treat you right. And so I think it starts <laughs> with honoring yourself. Honoring God, obviously, is our first and foremost. Yes. But then honoring yourself enough to know your self-worth, to trust God enough. Okay, this is, to me, this is the foundation of almost everything. Every test in life, every weight in life, every time you have to be patient in life, you have to know one thing. You have to know God is good. Yes. He's period. He's good mm -hmm. and he has your best interest at heart. If you can truly trust that he's good, then in that waiting, you're not going to jump out there and do something that's going to alleviate some of the financial pressure because you need that so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? You're going to mm -hmm. trust him enough to know this. Okay. This guy doesn't treat me right. He's, he's, he's a jerk or he's rude or he uses foul language or he, he calls me, he says nasty things to me, or oh, he but, makes he, but he makes money no, or he makes advances. It. I don't feel comfortable or he's moving too fast. Those are all red flags that women ignore when there's a good job involved or financial, if he's financially sound or whatever. And it's just, it's not worth it because then it, so many people think it's going to get better Oh, he'll be better once we get I don't, married. I don't know why that is. Um, I've talked to my dad about that numerous times, and you, baby. And that is, if you're having a hard time dating them right now, and there's all these problems, that will not improve itself right. by default. No, just in because fact, you're a lot of times them. it gets worse. It usually And you does. have to remember, listen now, remember, you're not getting married to come into a business partnership. Oh, you're not, not getting married to mm -hmm. come into like some kind of partnership where your finances is the primary goal. Now, finances are, now that we're married, they are a large part of our marriage and we work through it together. You should marry someone who's hardworking and good with their money. That's to me, that's one of the number one things on my list. You need someone who's hardworking and good with their money, but that's not a reason to get married. It's a, it, you need to pump the brakes and actually run for the hills. If I've probably already said that once, but run, run. If someone isn't treating you the way that you deserve to be treated, especially women out there and men too. If she's, you know, if she's a, if she's yelling and screaming one minute and then sweet as can be the next minute, it's probably not a good sign. And can I or add, if they're not letting you, if they're not letting you in on their lives, if they have secrets, a bunch of secrets, that's not good. And so remember if you're dating this person, and even if it's been a while, I've heard some really terrible things of, well, I've been with them long enough. I don't want to have to start over. Don't, wow. That's crazy. Wow. Say that it's, again. No, I've, I've warned people about marrying a girl or a guy and they said, uh, you know what, uh, Matt, I, I don't want to have to start over. We've been together so long. We know each other. I'm going to have to do this all over again. Yeah. Well, you may have to do it all over again with the right person. They're, right. they're not right for it. you. And don't make excuses for them. If you're finding yourself making excuses for them while you're dating mm. to hide why, oh, they're, I made them mad. No, no, no. They're fine. Wow. They're not usually like this. Wow. Um, but you're usually excuses translate into lies. So if you're having to cover for them all the time, mm. You're going to be doing that when you're married. Yikes. Times a thousand. Yikes. Not good. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, take, I'm slowing down and taking that in because it's like. I see I, that all the time. Yeah. And I, I think like you just said about lies and I said about secrets, I think we need to slow down and acknowledge this person's life needs to be in the light. Yes. And I think last night you mentioned something about that and I don't remember what it was, but like, like their life doesn't need to be hidden under a rock. Are, are there, can, can you talk about their finances? Can they tell you now, obviously not early on in the, in the dating, you're not going to go on your first date and be like, can I see your financials? <laughs> like, can I, 
can I have your online password to your banking? But as the relationship develops, if you're seriously talking about this, thinking about marrying this person, there needs to be a lot of openness to, you can see my financials. You can see what's on my phone. You can see what Mm -hmm. my habits are. You know what my weaknesses are. I feel like going into a dating relationship, it needs to be open enough. But let me say this too. It needs to be open enough that you can see their weaknesses but you need to have grace enough that their weaknesses aren't deal breakers. So I want to say this, and I had this written down, and this leads right into it, is that there's a difference in convictions and preferences. Yes. So you have your convictions. Those are established between you and your relationship with God and the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Yes. That this is a deal breaker. If this person, you know, if, if this person is involved in this or doing this or does this particular thing, that's a conviction for me and that's a deal breaker. But those aren't preferences. Your preferences shouldn't be deal breakers, right? Like, right. let's just be, let's be real. I, you were, you were the neatest person I'd ever met in my life. Your apartment looked like no one lived there. I was messy, very messy. And I've, have I gotten better? You've gotten You're looking be- at me with a really blank stare. No, because you've gotten better and I've gotten worse. I, I, I just have. But I will say there were some arguments early on in our marriage because of my messiness, but my desire my humility and my desire to make you happy and to like build this life together was we figured out compromises. I was like, look, I am very neat in most of the house, but I have my one little space that's chaos, right? For your clothing and stuff. And I still do. I'm working on it. I'm better than I used to be, but I still, I'm always going to have this one little spot (laughs) that's covered in my clothes and the rest of the house is perfectly neat. I think it's because of, it's one of your... I think it's that way because of one of your strengths, I've realized, is because you're a brilliant compartmentalizer. You're getting ready to go somewhere, and you're not going to be worried about all the clothes and putting them back orderly. You're trying to get to your next thing. I don't know. It's it's a weakness. But my point is that your preference was someone who was neat. Mm -hmm. You didn't get that, but it wasn't a deal breaker. Like It was enough to bring compromise. Uh No, it it was never a deal breaker. And I've noticed this, that even... Even my neatness, I feel like my extreme neatness could have caused more problems and been more stressful had I not relaxed a little bit, too. I learned that. So I turned you into a slob. No, no. <laughs> I, I thought, I'm not, this isn't that important. Jen's gotten neater, but I have gotten a little messier. And it, I have my areas of extreme neatness and I have my areas of messiness. So, so <laughs> I, I just do agree that preferences and convictions... Preferences and convictions are two different I feel things. like there's so many... I've been watching this TV show, um, Indian Matchmaker, and those people go in, those single people go in with such a list of deal breakers. I'm like, like, are you that perfect? Because you don't seem that perfect either. Like, I hate to say this, but some of them are not very attractive and they're talking about how hot their future husband or future spouse has to be. Like... And I'm just using that as an example of like, let's talk about character and not outward appearance. But in your character, you're expecting all these things and calling all these things deal breakers. But what are you doing to work on yourself? Yeah, like the guy we saw in there, he was, she needs to work out and she needs to be crazy and about he was working overweight. out. And you could tell that he did not work out. Which, look, I'm not talking about physical appearance today. I think you should be attracted to your spouse. You've got to be that to me to is a no brainer. But on the inside, because the reason I'm saying this is because the stuff that's on the inside is what's going to matter when rubber hits the road. The stuff that's on the inside is what's going to make it tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who you are. And who who you really are shows up when the going gets rough. It really does. Your character comes out. That example of the toothpaste. 
You, you squeeze it? Like, <laughs> squeeze the tube? When, I don't know if when I'm Life's honest. pressure squeezes the toothpaste or something like that, it take, then whatever's inside comes out. That's, that's good. Yeah. Or a pimple. Gross. Okay, so um, I wanted to, but we're going we're gonna to close here pretty soon, but I wanted to also ask you if you have any, any advice to what singles should be doing in their singlehood. Like what? What, cause you, like I said, you were single until you were 30 and you mm-hmm. had a happy singlehood lot. I mean, I you did. weren't, you weren't miserable. So, and you also weren't just out there, you know, living it up either. You were, no. you were, um, so what's, what's some advice that you have to singles that are listening? Well, I, I think sometimes we're, we're a little extra hard on ourselves, but looking back, I really do think that I dated a little too much. I do. I think I hurt some people's feelings and that was unnecessary. And I think I, I got my feelings hurt a little too much, just unnecessarily. I mean, there are those folks you should just never go on a date with, really. I, I should have listened more. I should have been wiser. I should have thought some things through. God protected me, and I was very um, I was very pleased with my singlehood to a point. But I think I dated a little too much. Um, another so, thing. Go wait, ahead. So dating too much. I want to also say on the other side of that. Now you've got a date. Yeah. I was going to say on you the other side of that, there's, and I agree with you a hundred percent. Obviously you don't want to just be out there dating every person that comes along. You know, <laughs> like you, that's the thing. I feel like, I feel like we know a lot more than we let on. People know. You know, in your heart. And then you just do it anyway. I know that's what happened with me. Mm-hmm. I knew in my heart I should have never even been on that first date that turned into a bad, toxic, regretful relationship. I should have yeah. never even been on that first date. Yeah. And we know. So when you say don't date as much, I also, on the flip side of that, I want to say make sure that you're out there dating. Don't be a recluse. Don't Make sure that you're out there having a good time and making friends and and, you know, if your friends invite you to go out, say yes and get out there yeah. and go, yeah. go have a social life, have fun, mm-hmm. travel, take opportunities that come along and enjoy them. And I, I had someone tell me one time that was single that um, they didn't want to get married because they didn't want to be controlled. And I'm like, well, then just don't marry someone controlling. If I had a dollar for everyone who's ever <laughs> said that to me. Um, I feel like people in the Hispanic culture feel that a lot, yeah. especially the young ladies, because they felt controlled at home. And I can understand that. I grew up watching that in church and with relatives and different stuff. But all I meant was, look. No, I, I wasn't disagreeing with you. I'm just saying both sides. No. Yeah. Don't date too much, but then make sure that you're getting out there. I just wanted to clarify, though. Yeah. You totally, you totally, we're on the same page, but there's just some dates you can eliminate before you even have them. Really? Yeah, that's like, good. It's one of the, sometimes there's people... If it was questionable, even how you met, you just really need to, you know, you need to let that go. Maybe if God's working in your heart now and stuff, but hear, hear wisdom, hear people around you mm. and, and cut it down a little bit. If you think it's yeah. being a little excessive, you know, yeah. many times we yeah, know. Yeah. Date, please it's date. It's funny because you have the perspective of an extrovert and I have the perspective of an introvert. I'm like, make sure you're getting out there, but then you're saying, don't get out there too much uh-huh. and don't just go on every date. And balance, balance is scriptural. That's so. good. Um, something else I'd like to just advise our singles out there, whether you've been married before or whatever, be careful about being, being too, uh, physical. If it gets real physical, you real were going to say sexual. <laughs> I don't know if I was going to say silly, something that started with an S or I just lisped, but, um, don't get too physical. 
Um, you don't want your relationship based on that. Trust me. Um, Jen and I, look, we have a unique relationship. Not everybody's going to do it the way we did. Um, we had made our fair share of mistakes before we got together. So we decided to wait till the altar to kiss. Not everybody's going to do that. That's pretty extreme. That is extreme. And that's what we wanted to do. But we also didn't date. So we like, we went from being friends to to engaged and six months later we were married. Yeah. So it was only, I mean, I don't know that I'd do it again that way. Honestly, I kind of like kissing you. (laughs) I like kissing you sooner. I like kissing her a lot more than she likes kissing me. (laughs) I'm a kisser. No, I agree with you. Keep going. You're doing good. That's good. Um, just, just take it down a notch. If, 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 okay, let me be graphic. Be careful with the whole wandering hand syndrome, both of you, males and females. Just so anything that's not done in purity and mm. with the right motives, it's not lead, leading in the right direction. You need to do less of that. Tell the Lord you're sorry. Be careful with each other. Let me ask you then. I, I, and I'm gonna we're going over our time a little bit, but I want you to I want you to hit on this, and then we'll end. But so, what do you say to someone who maybe has been married or has had? relationships before and and now they're trying they they want to be pure and they want to do that but it's hard you know once once the the genie's out of the bottle it's hard to put it back in it's hard and let's be real i mean this conversation is meant to be real and honest for singles who are out there this is the real stuff that people are struggling with so what would you say to those singles on on how i mean you can't just say don't have wandering hands without explaining, you know, I I guess I want, tell us more, help us, Pastor Matt. I think anything beyond holding hands, hugging and basic kissing gets dangerous. It just does. And it would be hard to prove me wrong on that because that leads into stuff that is not recommended outside of marriage. How do you do that? Date in groups. Mm. Don't don't go and stay ungodly hours at your boyfriend's house at night alone. It can So leave. basically have some boundaries that have are in, boundaries. that are already set. And you and I helped each other with the physicality of it. Yeah. Even when we were I asked you to marry me and we were waiting for marriage, you helped me. Yeah, cuz we'd be hanging out and it would get to a certain hour and we were like, I mean, <laughs> not that we were doing anything wrong, but we just we wanted to be together. I mean, mm-hmm. And we had to go, okay, time to go. Okay, that okay, enough hugging for now. Yeah. Like it's just gonna <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to let go of you. And I think too that goes back to um self worth, like I said earlier. And mm-hmm. and you you need to talk to the men, but I'll talk to the women and say, You need to have enough self worth that you know. I think sometimes women and you guys message me if I'm wrong about this, message me if I'm right and you think this is true. But I think sometimes as women that are single, I think you cross your boundaries because you're afraid to lose him. And you cross your boundaries because you're afraid of what he's going to think. And you cross your boundaries because you you want to be held and you want to be cherished and you want that emotional connection with someone. And because of that, you um, cross your boundaries and do things you, sh- you know yeah. you shouldn't be doing. And then you regret it. And so I want to really encourage you women... Focus on building your self-worth and knowing who you are in your relationship with God, number one, and then also in relationships with people who value you. You're going to know the difference when you're dating a guy who values and respects you and respects your boundaries and who loves you enough, who sees you and loves you enough to say, sure, I'll wait six months till we're married. That's no problem if I get to be with you for the rest of my life. Like, yeah, what is what is six exactly. months if we're going to be together for the next 60 years? And I think what men don't realize is women, over and over again, over the years, they've told me, well, basically, I resent him because he didn't protect me when we were dating. So men, what, he, what do you need to, what do you say to men about the physicality? 
Men, learn to love and respect your lady before she's officially your lady for life. And that means if you're going to protect her when you're married, why wouldn't you start protecting her right now? Yeah. Start protecting her emotions. It's good. Protect her body. Say what? Yeah. Protect her body from yourself. Hmm. If you're very tempted and you're very driven to do the next thing, no, slow down. All of, the, all of that will happen in good time. She's, she's the right one for you. You believe she's, she's going to be the lady of your life. Then wait. Just show her enough love and respect to say, I have self-control. Yeah. And this is going to carry over into our marriage, the self-control, my patience with you. It's also going to improve your sex life in marriage if you respect each other now. Oh, yeah. The resentment won't be there. Right. I've seen that over and over again with talking to couples is they, they resent each other. And ladies, other. you know the difference in a, in a man who, you know, drops you off after a date and respects you. You know the difference. You And I'm telling you, I counsel a lot of women who are older, divorced, you know, whatever, they're single moms, different things. It's different than counseling a 17-year-old. It's similar, but different. Yeah. And I just want to encourage both types of single men and women of all ages, of all stages, it will be worth it. I'm telling you, it's going to be so worth it. It's going to be fun. It's mm-hmm. going to be um, right. fulfilling. It's going to be strengthening and encouraging. It's going to be worth it. I know the wait seems long, but mm-hmm. hold on. There's a great guy. There's a great girl out there who's going to absolutely love you and absolutely love God. And it's going right. to be worth it. Agreed. you have anything else you want to say before we close? God's going to send them to you. Just just don't get in a rush. Don't get in a rush. Enjoy your time now. Even if it's a little tough, find ways to enjoy it. Be grateful for this season. The next season will be even better. Mm-hmm. God is the God of hope. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you, babe. Thank you for being with us this week, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I know we're so grateful that Pastor Matt joined us this week. If you would, reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, um, text me, call me, whatever you want to do to make sure and let us know that you listened, that you enjoyed this. Um, Maybe you have some more questions or maybe you had some thoughts on things that we said. We would love to hear from you. Um, We would love to follow up with you. So be sure and reach out. And um, I'm praying for you. I am believing that the best is yet to come. I am believing the best days are ahead for you. I'm just believing that God has surprises and good things for you around the corner. So I love you. Reach out to me and um, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. We're so glad you joined us today on Flourish Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend and tag us on social media. You can also connect with Pastor Jen on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening.